You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Yeah, healthy, alive. Still enjoying fall weather. Yourself? So far, I'm healthy, but the sun has gone away, which is typical for this time of year. It's gone away, and I don't know when it will return. I would assume sometime after the first of the year, and it's quite disheartening, but, um, you know, vitamin D and all. So I guess I'm going to have to supplement from now until the end of the year, until... uh, things start to come back. But anyway, uh, it's starting to get colder. That's that's for sure. It's starting to get colder. And, you know, get, we got that second wave now that we're going to have to deal with. But we're not going to talk too much about COVID today. We do have a little bit. We do have a little bit because some new procedures are getting ready to be implemented that we've been talking about here for quite some time. So as a matter of fact, we've even mentioned it yesterday. But today we're going to be talking tech, right? Today's one of our digital dark ages. We uh, we like talking tech and all this crazy stuff that's uh, that goes on with uh, with all this technology and how this is all going to be used to regulate and control your lives and uh, and all that good stuff. You know, it's going to be fun, right? It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be for your convenience, too. That's going to be the best part about it is it is for your convenience. Let's start with something a little different. This is a little old, but we've been so busy lately that on other things that we haven't had a chance to talk about this. The 911 system went down across the U.S. not long ago, didn't it? Yeah, this was um, a couple of weeks ago, I think. And, Wait, and what exactly caused no, it was this? This was last week. Last week. OK, what what exactly caused this to happen? Because, I mean, I know that there's a couple of outages here and there and stuff like that. But this was a big outage, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a lot of places um, that a lot of cities had their 911 centers go down. I don't let's see here if they list how many there were. It was actually they were saying here, like, here's here's a quote. They say this is from the Minneapolis Police Department. They, they put this out in a tweet. They said, attention, the 911 lines are not operational nationwide. This is for phone calls and text messaging. If you need police, fire or emergency medical assistance in Minneapolis, please call. And then they listed a local number, uh, which I mean, to be honest, you're not going to be able to call the police there for much longer because they voted to get rid of it. Some of them actually did say it looks like uh, their text messaging service was still up. It's just the the voice call was not. So I guess if you and can't call the cops, you text them. Yeah, you text them. So what do they put you on hold when you text them? No, I mean, you, you text them and you just it'd be like a normal text message. Oh, OK. Well, I, I mean, assume. I thought it was yeah. I, I can't tell you like I had to, I actually called 911 in a U.S. city once. I can't remember where it was. I think it was like Philadelphia or something. Thank you for calling the emergency services line. Please hold. <laughs> wow. No, I, I'm not making that up. I'm not making that up. I mean, there were so many calls. It was like that. That's what was happening. Do they know what caused this? Is this like a DDoS attack or, or something like that? They're saying it might be tied to the Microsoft 360 or excuse me, Microsoft oh, yeah, that's, Office. That, that system went down, average. didn't it? What, what, what went down to at do the with same 911? time. I don't know if they exploited like a, a weakness through there or something, or if it was just coincidence. If uh, they use similar servers, like the companies use uh, the same company for their cloud services or what have you, whatever their services, it, it might be something on those lines. So basically, they could be using Microsoft services. Microsoft services went down. And it was just related to the 360 that that crashed, or or that's how you noticed was the 360 that crashed as well. So I I don't know, and I don't maybe maybe they are using something with Microsoft Office 360. I I, I don't know uh, their how their Odd. systems are are set up. Odd how you tie a 911 a national 911 system into Microsoft Office. That that to me seems concerning. Is is that the right word? Concerning. I mean, you're turning over emergency services to a, a corporation. I mean, that that's a little, it's a little, a little concerning to me. I, I, yeah. I mean, nah, it's not a problem at all, right? It, it, it doesn't matter if you know. Well, to be uh, fair, I, I can't see it being used like if you have, um, you know, a low credit score or something, or you did something that would, right, it wouldn't just right. happen to have the corporation send law enforcement to your house mistakenly. Well, that's a good point. For, yeah, that's know. a good, that's a good point. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, your your score's not high enough. We we can't send help for at least thirty minutes. Are you gonna be okay? Yeah, I, I just get in a closet or something. Yeah. To be and to be fair, if you call nine one one from your phone, right? Most people have 
mobile telephones. If you call 911 from your phone, it's a little different process. At least it used to be. I don't know if they've changed that around. Maybe they've honed it a little bit since then. But before, it used to be a general call that would go over the network and then another place like, uh, you know, somewhere in like maybe the state capital or something would get the call and then route it down to whatever, you know, locale you were in. Because I, I remember I actually had to do that one time for something. I can't remember what it was. And uh, they said, where are you calling from? And I told them and they said, OK, well, we have to route the call down to them. So they will n- they will get the call that there is someone calling and this is where you are. But that's all I we're think able it's to different do. now. OK, yeah, well, that's, yeah, like I, think I said, that's been a long now. time. It's, ago. Uh, it's been a long time ago. Yeah. Now I'm pretty. Uh, so I've not. This is this is anecdotal because uh, I haven't actually called nine one nine one one myself. Uh, but my understanding is is it's it's based on tower now, tower location and everything. They so they have the towers set up uh, to to route you to the correct uh, region. So it's all it's all pretty much automated now, based on your whatever tower you're you're calling through. I don't know. Uh, real real quick, this is this is a a good point for this. This was this little down when when nine one one services were down. This is this is a little taste test of what happens when you defund the police. You're absolutely right. And this is what I said. This is what's going to happen when you defund the police is going to be this. Pretty soon, you're when you call nine one one. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, we're we're gonna have to send a social worker around, uh, and and they'll be there probably in the next two or three days. You you gonna be okay with that? That that's what it'll be. But okay. Speaking of locations, right? You talked about location there. Because they, they say that it, or you're talking about how it routes it to the nearest tower. The IRS, right? The IRS says that they're used, they're, they're being accused, right? They're being accused. And that now they're under investigation for using location data without a warrant. Why does the IRS need that? Why, why do they need that? Why, why on well, earth they- would the IRS need to track you without a warrant, tracking your smartphone? Why would they need to do that? So the body tasked to oversight, the IRS announced in a letter that it will investigate the agency's use of location data harvested from ordinary apps installed on people's phones. So Senator Ron Wyden and Senator Elizabeth Warren, of all people, demand a formal investigation into how the IRS used location data to track Americans without a warrant. We're going to conduct a review of this matter. We're in the process of contacting the Criminal Investigation Division about this review. But uh, that's odd. Why, why would they need to why would they need to know? So th- this is what they've done. In June, officials from the IRS Criminal Investigation uh, Unit told Senator Ron Wyden's office that it purchased location data from a contractor called Ventel. Can you look up Ventel? V-E-N-N-T-E-L. And, the, and that the IRS had tried to use it to identify criminal suspects. What, why does the IRS need to do that? That's not their job. Your job is to collect taxes. To be honest with you, if it were me, thank God I'm not Trump, I'd have your organization shut down tomorrow morning. I'd have you people padlocked. You'd be getting pink slips by lunch. Criminal IRS. All right. This begs also the question, were they tracking their own people? Because I, I think everyone at the IRS is a criminal anyway. Vintel, who, who are they? Vintel, it says on their website, they are a, this is, this is their, their little quote here, a pioneer in mobile analytics. Vintel provides security and risk management solutions through technological innovation, data reliability, and proven results. That's their pitch. Okay. They're, they're uh, based they in that, Washington, D.C., by the way. Oh, c- c- coincidentally, because uh, if yeah. you just need something, you can just walk right over to their offices. Ventel obtains location data from innocuous looking apps such as games, weather or e-commerce apps, and then sells access to the data to government clients. What have we been saying? A widen aide said that the IRS wanted to find phones, track where they were at night and use that as a proxy as to where the individual lived, and then use other data sources to try and identify the person. A person who used to work for uh, Ventel previously said that Ventel customers can use the tool to see which devices are in a particular house, for instance. Here's the issue with it. Of course, this is a violation of the Fourth Amendment uh, because they don't have a warrant. Uh, The IRS still obtained the data without a warrant, and the legal justification for doing so remains unclear. Uh, The aide said that the IRS received verbal approval for the use of data, but stopped responding to their office's request for inquiries. So uh, again, why, why does the IRS need this information? What, why? What, what do they need that information for? It's not their job to track people uh, unless you're tracking down somebody that's uh, that hasn't paid taxes or something. Why don't you go after Al Sharpton? Doesn't he owe like four and a half million or something? I mean, wh- why don't you go after people that are actually avoiding taxes or better yet? How about you track your own people for theft? Right. That's a good place to start. But yes. Wh- what's your take on that? Why, why do you think the IRS needs to needs to track people down like that? Uh, because the IRS is in. It's a department that needs to be flushed. It's a department that that is too big for its britches. It has too much power. It has too much authority. 
Um, the tax code needs to be completely rewritten anyway. So uh, why they need to know, um, uh, again, this it seems all a little suspect when we see social credit systems and stuff happening around the world. And we know that that's kind of what they're wanting to do is some system like that. So why would the IRS, the literal embodiment of um, oppression, if you will, here in the U.S., um, we... we I don't know. We we kind of rebelled against this in the uh, you know for for two percent tax. We, we we talked about that, and then the IRS is the ones the the enforcers of those taxes. So why they need to know that data and information? Well, clearly it's to track down people that aren't paying their taxes, right? Sure. I mean, but to be honest with you, if we had the social credit system implemented, that would make sense, right? That that yes, that thing would make sense. So you need somebody to be the enforcement of that. So if everything's digital. Right. If everything's cashless, then you kind of need a track and contr- uh, excuse me, a track and trace system in order to track people down that are, for example, hiding their money. See, this is why they have to get rid of physical cash. They have to get rid of physical cash. By the way, I think I saw something on that. Did I did I put that up? You did about the uh, stadium one? No, the Fed announced they're going to stop printing cash. Can you see if you can find something on that? It was big. There we go. Fed announces it will quit printing paper money two days ago. The other. So if you're going to stop printing money. If you're going to here's the thing. So if we get rid of cash, right, let's talk cashless here for a minute. You get rid of cash. The IRS tracking people down like this makes sense. It makes sense, especially if you have a social credit system tied to this. So the social credit system is the method of track, trace and control, and it will regulate your life and it will decide what you can and can't do, where you can and can't shop, what kind of care you can or cannot get, what kind of food you can or cannot buy. This this type of thing where you can and cannot go. It will all hinge around that. So if you don't have cash. And you say, well, wait a minute, I still have paper money. Well, what if the Fed stops printing it? The Fed, as a matter of fact, two days ago has announced that it will quit printing paper money. No one's being consulted about this. See, they got to get rid of all private sales because they can't track it. They can't tax it. They can't control it. Uh, In an announcement to customers who might like to get new bills to give us Christmas gifts, a California credit union explains that the Federal Reserve will not be printing new paper currency. And by the way, the U.S. Mint, as far as I know, they're not making any more coins. So I think that's been around for quite some time. Like they've been talking about that I'm, for a while. Did you did you I'm find anything? Looking, on it? Well, I'm still looking at that Ventel because something didn't sit right when I was looking at it. Uh-huh. They they only list one employee. One employee. Yeah. So and I'm trying to I'm trying to go through the, the company's only been around for three years. Um okay, this one says they have six employees. So anywhere from one to six employees. Um it seems it seems a little sketch that that it, they only have six employees and they're providing they're, they're doing tracking and all that kind of stuff through um, apps and whatnot. So it, it, it seems a little you're an analytical company and you only provide six jobs. It seems a little little fishy. Indeed. Anyway. OK. Uh, keep it with cash here or, or cash less, mm-hmm. for example. So the Fed announces they're going to stop printing money. What does that mean for you? That means no more private sales. That means no more. Well, no more paying with cash, no more carrying around cash from an ATM, right? None of that stuff. Everything's going to be digital. Everything's going to be on cards. And and why are we accepting this? Because no one's saying no. No one's saying no. There's no pushback. If they do that, if they go full blown digital, I could see people using things like Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. I can see that taking off more. Yeah. And I think that they want something that's going to challenge that. I mean, you have companies that are out there create or that are creating these uh, these cryptocurrencies. Uh, I think Facebook even tried to get in on that. I think it was called Libra. I think that was I don't know if it took off. He was hauled. Zuckerberg was hauled in before Congress. And what what have we seen in the last 70 years or so? Those that go onto the world stage and challenge the U.S. dollar when it comes to trade. We see what happens to those uh, those individuals and those nations that do that. And so these cryptocurrencies are no different. They don't want the dollar being challenged. They don't or or whatever world reserve currency there is. It doesn't matter. They don't want that order being challenged. So this is what this this is where the central banks come in. And so they need to provide an alternative, a viable alternative that they control. And if they just so happen to have everything on a digital system, well, it's easy enough to do this. Uh, let me see. Uh, Bruce, if you don't conform to what they say is right, if you don't wear a mask, let's say that you're one of these people. Let's just let's use 
common things that everybody knows. Let's say that you're out in public, right? They, they mandate a mask to be worn in public in Oklahoma, okay? Uh, just for the sake of argument. You go out into public and you say, the hell with that, right? I'm not around anybody. I'm taking a walk down my own street. I, there's no one around. I don't care. Surveillance camera catches you. They freeze your account. That's what cashless means. You try to go buy food. You can't buy food. You do what you're told or you don't live. That's cashless. That's social credit. That's control. That's where this goes. Which is another reason I think cryptocurrencies will start to be on the rise. It basically, it'll be the black market of currencies, more or less. Um, people will start using devices that are cracked uh, or, or jailbroke, if you will, using um, bootleg software to bypass the tracking and all that kind of stuff. I can see cryptocurrencies on the rise. Uh, you would definitely have to have a cracked phone or a jailbroke phone phone to uh, run those cryptocurrency uh, programs, unless you have a like a physical wallet or something on you. There's just so many ways that you could be tracked. Uh, VPNs are probably going to skyrocket. I think this is Libra. So uh, Facebook's Libra, by the way. They it looks like they they slowed down on on pushing that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard much else about it since since Zuckerberg was called in. At they, I mean, I remember. I think it was Maxine Waters. I think she outright asked him. She said, "Are you looking to undermine the U.S. dollar with your your currency?" Because I mean, you think about it. Facebook has what is it like two billion users or something? If everybody on there takes that that currency, that's more than that's a third of the planet. The thing the thing about Facebook doing that's literally what they were saying is. Um, Stuff I was seeing is Facebook was threatened with uh, regulation from the government, and they were they so they slowed down on it. The other thing we, we were talking about the IRS thing and tracking people, and it it, it kind of why is it uh, Elizabeth Warren and uh, what was the other guy Roy or whatever his name was? Um, why is it those two was specifically or Ron? Okay. So why is Ron and uh, Warren both, why are they the ones that are going after trying to de- demand information on how the IRS is doing this? Um, Warren is part of the, well, I was going to say she's part of the deep state, but she's not. She's part of the communist side of things, not the progressive deep state. So she's, she's not really. Left. She is hard left. Yeah, right. But what I'm getting at is she's not, I don't think she's part of the inner circle, if you will. The, no, the whole, she's not. no, she's not. Yeah, she she's a she's a radical, but she's her own kind of radical. Right. So my my um, thinking, thinking through the thought, you know, fully explaining a thought, um, I, it, it almost I almost wonder if they're they're like, how did you do this? Why were you doing this? As in, like, let's take notes. Is that what their intention was? Or is it a um, pandering to the people? Or is it just the the, the IRS is doing this? without actually having government sanctioning, you know, because this is going to happen. If, if Warren was to have been president, by the way, she would have she would have enacted something like this, but it would have been sanctioned by her. So I, I think that's more what's going on here is she's like, well, I don't have control of this. I don't see what's going, you know, like it's not we can't it manipulate the data or use it. Exactly. It is a viable tool. I was about to get to that point. It is a viable tool to go after political opposition. I can see that. Exactly. So if, if that's well, what they, they were going it. for here, do, do you remember, do you remember how Obama, the administration, maybe not him per se, or maybe, maybe it was, but uh, his administration, uh, uh, yeah, his, his administration, they went after Tea Party groups, didn't they? They went after churches yep. and things like mm-hmm. that. They went after their, specifically their tax exempt status, their 501c3 status in the US using the IRS. Yep. And this system would be employed for just such purpose, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah. So again, I'm I'm on board in like, why is the IRS doing this? I'm just skeptical of, of the motives of these senators when um, they're far left. Ron, I don't, I actually don't know much about Ron Wyden. I just know he's a Democrat, uh, but he's I think he's just a yes man, if you will. See, this is what I've been talking about for quite some time. I I said that the censorship and the reining in of tech companies is not going to come from the Republican side. I wish it was. I I wish it was going to come from the GOP side. It's not. It's not. They're, They're spineless cowards. There's only a few of them in there that are actually fighting the good fight, and we'll name them here in just a few minutes. But the only ones that are in there actually going after these tech companies, uh, they're being ignored. They're being ignored. And the House Republicans are actually accusing the Democrats of ignoring censorship of big tech. Okay, this is this is just out today. Now, one guy, Jim Jordan from Ohio, 
right, from my state of Ohio. Uh, he's been doing a fantastic job. He's been one of the most outspoken people on big tech. Same thing with um, other people like Ted Cruz, uh, Ron, or Ron Paul, uh, Rand Paul. Uh, and then, of course, you've got ranking members um, Doug Collins, Ken Buck, Matt Gates, uh, Greg Stobe, uh, all, all these people. The, these are people that are in the House. These are House representatives, and they're actually calling out the other side for not going after tech. Now, it, it, here's where I said the curveball is going to come in. The Democrats are going to censor big tech. They're the ones that are going to go after big tech. And let me explain why that's going to be. It's not going to come. The censorship and the reining in of tech companies in the United States is not going to come from the right. It's going to come from the left. And let me explain how that's going to happen. You see what's happening to the average person on these platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, all these, these platforms now. If you're a conservative, if you have a specific point of view, you are not welcome on these platforms any longer. It's time for you to leave. It is time for you to leave. They are becoming echo chambers of the hard left. Now, you say, okay, well, then why does that mean that the left's going to censor? Let me continue. Once they get rid, this is how it works when you go after, when you target groups as an authoritarian, as an authoritative system, this is how it works. Once you get rid of and you turn the mobs onto your opposition, then the mobs that are left in the echo chambers start eating their own. And so once you have, yeah, the tech companies will play along, right? Because they think that's the way the wind's blowing. Fine. Well, I mean, it's not fine, but they think it is. But once that happens, once they get rid of all the conservative voices, once once all those voices go away and they start going after some of their own because they're not radical enough, they're not woke enough, they're not crazy enough, because that's what it turns into. It, it turns into this this um, this place of uh, lunacy and, and paranoia and hatred until the whole thing just becomes a madhouse and everything tears itself apart. So when that happens, when that happens, when you start getting, let's say, um, sitting members of House of Representatives on the Democrat side, right? Representative Maxine Waters, for example, let's say Facebook shuts her account down. Let's say that let's say that Jack Dorsey over at Twitter shuts her account down, completely bans her. What do you think is going to happen? The Democrat Party as radical and as insane as they've become, this is what will wake them up when they start to get shut off because they will, they will take action. The Democrats will take action. They, they don't sit back like the GOP does and does nothing. The Democrats actually will get things done, albeit it's not in the right direction most of the time. Uh, as, I mean, that, that much is pretty much clear up to this point. I don't agree with the fact that they actually take the measures that they take. But the fact remains that when their backs are up against the wall, they get things done. They do. Albeit it's in the wrong direction from where where I think and where I believe most of the time. I mean, I've agreed with Democrats in the past on certain things, and I agree with some of them, the classic Democrats, not the modern ones, the classic ones. But in this sense, when they start getting their accounts shut off, when Senator Feinstein has her account shut down, when Senator Chuck Schumer from New York, when he has his stuff pulled off, when he has his account banned for no reason whatsoever than just being Chuck Schumer, that's when the censorship's going to happen. That's when the crackdown's going to happen. But see, waiting that long just ensures that you're not going to be able to rein them in. You've got to rein these. I, I would argue that it's it's almost past time to rein them in. You need to rein these people in now, not tomorrow, not next week. Now has to happen. If you're a conservative out there or a conservative minded person, or even if you're a middle of the road or let's say you're not an extremist. OK, I don't expect any extremist to listen to us. If you have some sense about yourself and you're able to think logically and with common sense, I don't care what side you're on. We can disagree on issues. Fine. I, I welcome the fact that you do listen to us. And I appreciate that. So does Bruce and everybody else around here. We like the uh, counterpoints and the different views. But if you're on these platforms, why are you still on there? Why are you still on Facebook? Why are you still on Twitter? Why are you still on uh, in any of these uh, th these networks like this? Instagram and uh, and what's that? Uh, what's that messaging service? Uh, uh, WhatsApp. You know, wh why are you using these things? You're being tracked. You're being traced. You're being uh, bombarded with propaganda all day. I mean, we start. We looked into Twitter initially, didn't we, Bruce? We looked into Twitter when we started the podcast. We thought, all right, yeah, let's look into Twitter. Let's look at all this stuff. It is awful over there. It is awful. We won't even participate in it. That's how bad it is. We have a Twitter account. Our podcast goes out on Twitter every day, but we don't pay any attention to it, right? I mean, it's linked up there and they'll, uh, odds are there hasn't been an SJW catch it yet, so it hasn't been banned yet. So why are you still on these platforms? There are alternatives out there. There's Parler. 
right? That's a that's a form of Twitter. It's a different thing. There's Telegram. If you want to dump WhatsApp, right? Telegram. Bruce and I we were talking about Telegram earlier today. They've done so much with Telegram that that is becoming an amazing an amazing platform, uh, and it's almost my go to app now for just about everything because it's uh, it's it's just it, it's fantastic. But honestly, I th- I think that uh, back to the censorship thing. I think that it will be the hard left or what's what's left of even the classical left, if there are any, uh, which I don't think there are too many. But I think they'll be the ones that will go after the tech companies because they're the ones that are going to be demonetized. They're going to be deplatformed. The conservative groups will all be gone because the people that are in power, largely the the ones that the GOP in the in the House and in the Senate, they're not being paid attention to. The few members that we do have up there, they're being ignored. And to be honest with you, I think Trump, in my opinion, Trump gets an F on if I'm scoring Trump on a report card when it comes to big tech, Trump gets an F because clearly you can see what's happening. And, and it's not just it's not just conservatives either. It's starting to drift. If you notice, it's already starting. It's starting to drift. Take politics out of it. Look at it from the medical side of things. Look at the medical professionals that came out and were talking about hydroxychloroquine or the ones that were talking about, uh, well, this uh, th- this uh, this came from a, a, a bio-research lab or, or whatever. Your accounts were shut down. You were kicked off. Other big name hosts out there that do uh, video shows, video podcasting, all that stuff, they put their information out. And because it doesn't toe the line, you get demonetized. One of the biggest guys on uh, on YouTube, uh, Stephen Crowder, right? You know who I'm talking about. He got demonetized for a while until the until the lawyers got involved, and then that changed. He's got something like was it like four and a half million subscribers or something like that? It's it's massive. It's massive. Yeah, it's quite a bit. And he gets demonetized. I mean, you're talking millions of dollars in in ad revenue there. And how much money did they lose in the meantime? And well, by the YouTube time doesn't you doesn't pay much. No, YouTube doesn't pay YouTube much, but they have other advertising. Yeah. They, they have other, right. other advertising on there as well. Right. So Facebook is is the same. You put something up that's controversial or something that's, well, for example, what's coming up with the election, right? You put something up that's controversial. You put something up that says that, oh, well, this candidate won uh, and it's and it's over. Well, they're now going to either take your post down or they're going to correct it for you in live time. How's that for free speech? How, how is that for free speech? How, how does that work? How does that work? Going after these companies has to happen. Now, I don't know how, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do at this point, but this has to be something that is a a bipartisan issue. You can't have this from one side or the other. It's got to be both parties. You people hold the authority. We gave you that authority in Congress. Do your job. But anyway, censorship. Yeah, I, I think it's going to come from the left. I, I don't think it's going to come and from the right. right. I, I think some of the right will you think jump on board. You think, like it, you think they will jump on yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Rom, 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 Romney on the right. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> well, he's he's technically by by uh, the the letter by his name, he's a Republican. But uh, yeah, why? Because his voter ID um, card says it is. Yeah. Okay. Functionally, he's it's not. just he's like a Trump. Democrat. It's just like Trump. Trump's the only thing that says that Trump's a Republican is the fact that he has it on his vote on his voter registration card. Other than that, he's a Democrat. Yeah. Well. I, Trump is a classic Democrat. Yeah. Uh, some of his, well, uh, by current standards, he he's he's a full-blown Republican by by the Overton window standards. He, he's a capitalist. He's a free market guy. Oh, you see. And we have to beep that. Yeah. Like we have to actually, we have yeah. to beep mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Trigger warning. Um, no, I honestly, I'm, 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 I'm not sure the GOP won't vote with it as well. Um, if something, for example, if something they really will, if bad Democrats were to lead. have happened, if Democrats lead, they'll jump on board with it. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing, is, well, not necessarily because of the the whole tribes and everything and everybody oh, being pitted against politics. one another. What that? Yeah. Oh. Right now that, that, but censoring, the thing is, is there will be censoring happen, but it's going to benefit them somehow. The the Democrats, they're going to do it in a way that they can exploit it in the future. And so it's not going to be censorship in the sense of, well, Facebook or, or Twitter. You can't do that. You can't. What I would like to see is, for example, your platform status being revoked because you're you're censoring people. Right. That's what I would like to see. That would regulate the markets uh, or market square, the, uh, the town square. Town square. Uh, and it, it would, market, it square. Would, yeah. market square, too. There, there's people that buy yeah. and sell on on uh, on Facebook and, and Twitter. 
Right. So I, I could see I could see that being done. That would be beneficial to the people. However, the Democrats are going to take that route. They're going to go a different route and they're going to regulate them on, on some other means. Uh, for example, OK, we're going to have to change what you classify as hate speech. And they're going to broaden the definition of hate speech, just as an example. And in, in anything... Um, if you say anything against a homosexual, if you say anything against um, that's sexist or, you know, the list goes on, then it's considered hate speech. And as such, you could be um, you should be banned or or what have you. I, I could see some form of regulation in that sense. And if Facebook doesn't do it or Twitter or whatever, then they'll be fined. But I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see them passing anything that's going to actually be beneficial to the, the American. Wish I could say I had a good rebuttal to that, but I don't because I think you're right. We talked there about cashless, right? Going cashless. What was the name of that company? I can't remember. The one that's going to do like the face reading turnstiles uh, is like face face ID or something, face motion, something like that. I want to say that's, that's what it was. Something. Yeah. So I could see this being tied to it. OK, this is this is another avenue of this. So. I'm sure you're probably going to look that up. I think we actually still have the article in there, in that room over there. So 49ers, right? The San Francisco 49ers, okay? For for those that are planning on going back to like sports stadiums and all this stuff, Levi Stadium in San Francisco, okay? They're going to go completely cashless when the fans return. So whenever that is, whenever, uh, when, whenever they decide that uh, that's going to happen because people aren't demanding it, fans who are only have cash can opt to put it onto a prepaid card worth up to $500. You won't be able to use cash any longer. Now, I, I find it funny how we we magically get this <clears throat> pandemic, I'm doing the air quotes, that forces in all of this stuff that these groups just want to do. The Green New Deal, the cashless system, the regulation and control. I, I find it funny how this thing just conveniently gives everything to the power structure that they need in order to do this, don't you? The San Francisco 49ers fans can leave their cash at home when they're allowed to return to the stadium. Once the coronavirus restrictions are eased, they're not going to ease. Levi Stadium will be cashless, only allowing card or mobile payments at concession stands, merchandise kiosks, and anywhere else a fan will need to make a monetary transaction. Fans are currently barred from entering the stadium, but when they do return, things will definitely be different. The new normal, right? That's what they're saying. New normal. Uh, Did you find the uh, the the face scanner not. and the the temperature taker? I can't remember what it was yeah. called. It's like fa- face ID. I can't remember face smart face something like that. Face smart. I, I don't know. So the president of the San Francisco 49ers has made a statement. He says while the move to fully cashless transactions in the venue has advanced more quickly due to the ongoing health emergency, like I said, it's kind of funny that we get this thing to advance all this stuff just as they've been wanting it, but because people weren't accepting it. This is a direction we've been heading for several years, and we know it's one that will further improve on the fan experience here at Levi Stadium. Isn't that great? Six years of operational data here at Levi Stadium tells us that mobile payments are increasing while cash transactions decrease annually. Well, that's only because, look, this stuff, let me finish the quote. And through our friends at Visa, who's making that money, we know contactless payments reduce transaction times, concession lines, and some costs. Okay, now that part's true. That part's true. You don't have to stand there. You don't have to count out the cash. You don't have to handle all the money and all this stuff. Okay, yeah, granted, granted, that is fast. I mean, you know, I I pay contactless. I've been doing that for a long time. I've been doing that for, God, uh, probably, uh, I, I don't know, 12, 13 years now, maybe longer, maybe longer. And it is convenient. It, it is convenient. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But there are security risks to it, for sure. Uh, and people don't take those into uh, consideration. But this, I think that once this was out, eventually, I think the market would just adapt to it to fair. I think that that's what people would migrate to. However, you're not giving people a choice. Give people the choice. Let the market figure it out. If the market wants a hybrid system, which I think they would, because people want to be able to have private sales, okay, and they want to be able to do to do business in between two individuals. That's why we have on all of our money in the United States. This bill is for all debts, public and private. It's legal tender for that. So if you cut that out, then that gives them absolute control. You think the mob's going to like that? <laughs> you, think, you think they're not going to like that? You think any organized crime racket out there in the world is going to like that? They're not. I, and I can tell you, wow. those are people you don't want to mess with. That's why I was saying cryptocurrency is going to take off. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of bootlegged cryptocurrencies that are going to pop up um, because they want to bypass these 
stupid regulations that they're gonna they're gonna impose. If they wanted to do a cashless system, uh, if they did it this way, to where you had a device that was a wallet, right? For example, a digital wallet, and it's an it's an actual physical, not 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 your smartphone. This is this is something that specifically the only reason it's there is like it's a thumb drive or something, and well, yeah, it stores I, your 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 digital currency. Right. I was thinking so it's like, like a physical wallet. Yeah, I was thinking like oh, oh a physical wallet. Okay, I was thinking like um, green wallet. That's a that's a cryptocurrency wallet, right? So you ha- yeah. you keep all your cryptocurrencies right. in there. It's an app. Right. Well, I'm I'm talking about for for the I would be okay with the digital currency um, if it was a physical wallet. If I had sole control of my currency, like it's not sitting in a bank somewhere, I can put it in a bank if I want to put it in the bank, but I can keep it in a digital wallet if I want to as well, or have multiple digital wallets and keep it, keep the main one stored somewhere. And then you can just take cash out of it, if you will, digitally, and kind of, kind of like a, a flash drive or something and, and transferring files. If they did something Which, like that, I'd be cool that's with how, that because that's then how you, Bitcoin you can works. transfer it between people. It, that is literally how Bitcoin works, more or less. Um, you, you just, there's a system of checks and balances with Bitcoin um, or cryptocurrencies in general. They use a blockchain system, which we, we've kind of talked about it before. Uh, in a nutshell, you have, when, when there's a transaction, the system double checks that you're the, the, that the identification of you is accurate. So uh, say your password or your security key or whatever it is that's associated with your device, it crosses it with hundreds of other servers at the same time. And if uh, the majority of those servers say, yeah, it's you, then obviously it's the transaction is authorized. It just, it makes it more difficult for someone to hack a system like that. That's the, the whole point of, a, of that blockchain. If they did something like that, I'd be cool with that. You know, that'd be great because then it would be difficult for a government to track you. It'd be difficult for a government to mandate taxes on you because you could do direct, you know, private sales, but they're not going to do that. You know, the government's not going to write off on something that is a digital currency like that. They will not do it. So probably what's going to end up happening is uh, more than more than likely Levi Stadium is probably going to enact some kind of digital currency that's a one to one to the dollar. And do something like that, like a their their own digital currency. You just pay cash or real currency for this kind of like a casino, you know, buying chips, but digital. Visa, which just so happens to be a major partner of the 49ers organization, you know, just just so happens. And, and a lot of these companies, like for example, MBNA credit cards, I believe they're the ones that actually own an NFL franchise and the stadium in Cleveland, I believe, unless something's changed. Uh, but Visa will offer fans who have Ca- uh, excuse me, who only have cash, the option of putting it into a prepaid credit card worth up to $100 with no transaction fees. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, excuse me, the Kansas City football team, right? Because the Kansas, the, that'll soon be changed, believe me. Yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons have already offered cashless payments to their fans. So sports are woke, right? They're going to go. They're going to go like this. Uh, and that's that's how this is going to trend. But like I said, I, I'm inclined to agree with you on on the blockchain system. I, I'm a believer in that. So if, if that is the case. But again, as you said, governments, that's why I was sitting here nodding my head. Government, they're not going to allow that. Right. The whole point of this system is to track, trace and control you and to shut down private sales. That's the whole point of it. So if you think you're going to get a tax exempt status with a cashless system, you're sorely mistaken because they will have everybody at that point. It's not going to happen. So if you're a charity or some type of an organization, they're looking to use that system the IRS was talking about to shut you down. It's not about allowing you to have more freedom. This is not not a system of more freedom. This is a system of authoritarianism that they're trying to bring in. Uh, But it's under the guise of... Well, it's for your safety. It's for your security, right? It's for your financial future. That's what we're concerned about. And another aspect of cashless, UBIs, right? Universal basic incomes. They can put everybody on a UBI. They're going to eliminate all the jobs, largely. Telecommuting is here, right? Now what's happening? Okay, as of today, and I'm I'm reading this across across companies here uh, where I'm at. Listen to listen to this. They are now offering telecommuting as part of the job package. If you can take a new job with a new company, that is part of it. Yes, they'll offer you an extra frill or something like that. But 
as part of the job, you will have home office on X number of days. That's part of the new system. And it's just a slow progression and a slow transition into that. Uh, And this is part of that. Now, did we talk about this since we're talking cashless? Did we talk about the Amazon uh, palm recognition system? Did we talk about that? I I can't remember. I think I I think we talked about it in passing. I don't think we've um, highlighted uh, what they're what they're doing there. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, this kind of ties in because Amazon, right? You know how they have some of these stores, like these storefronts, you just walk in, you grab what you want, walk out, that kind of stuff. I mean, you get charged, your Amazon account gets charged, but you you walk in, you grab what you want and and you walk out. Well, Amazon has introduced a new palm recognition technology. See, Bruce, it's on your hand. It's a big deal, right? It's just, it's on your hand. They just scan your face, right? Hand face. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. Book of Revelations. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Well, or or how about... um you know, the, the vaccine with the um, identifier that they can put oh, there, right, the right. Identifier yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, Amazon has introduced a new palm recognition technology in a pair of Seattle stores and sees a broader potential audience in stadiums, offices and other gated or secured locations. See, they have to get you in there. See, you have to get into these areas to meet that criteria. And once you get in there, then you're track tracing controlled. See how that's a slow. How do I want to put it? herding of the cattle, shall we say? It's just a little nudge, right? Just in that area. Customers at stores near Amazon's campus in Washington can flash a palm for entry into secured areas and buy goods. What could possibly go wrong? The company chooses palm recognition, according to uh, one of their vice presidents of physical retail and technology, because it's more private than other biometric technology. What? So how far are we from scanning your eye? And a person would be required to purposefully flash a palm at the Amazon One device to engage it. Uh, It's contactless, which we think that customers will appreciate. Of course, of course. I I mean, I appreciate that as an Amazon customer. I appreciate that. Especially in current times, he wrote. Like the human fingerprint, every palm is unique. Yes, it is. Unlike fingerprints, the palm is not used for broader identification purposes because more body-specific information is needed. Any palm image preferred for use is never stored in Amazon One's devices. Of course not. No, see, they they don't save any of that. The company said for security reasons, right? It's for security reasons. They, they don't save any of that. Why, why would they save that? It's just like the Alexa. The Alexa. Oh, excuse me. I oh, said it's, the name. it's not. Listening. It's just like that. It's just like that device, you know, that that's, listens in that Amazon provides. It's not you know? listening to you. It's not recording no, no. anything. It doesn't save no, no, your, no. your conversations. None of that stuff. It's not like they convict people of crimes from getting right, that information. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's, that's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. We believe Amazon won has broad acceptability. Have you asked people? I wasn't asked. Beyond our retail stores. So we plan to offer the service to third parties like retailers, stadiums, and office buildings so that more people can benefit from this ease and convenience in more places. You see how they do this? It's for your convenience. For your, It's just to make your life just a little bit easier. Interested third parties can reach out through the email address provided on our Amazon One website. For now, the technology is being used at only two Amazon Go stores. Amazon Go is the company's first cashless supermarket, uh, or excuse me, cashierless and cashless supermarket. Introduced earlier this year where shoppers can grab milk or eggs and walk out without waiting in line or ever opening their wallets. Okay, now see, that right there is convenient to me. That is convenient because who likes going to the store and dealing with all this stuff? I mean, this to me is is better than contactless payment, better than cashless payment, because you can just simply walk in and walk out, right? It's Everything's done, I think, through your phone, I, I believe it is. I think uh, I know somebody who's out in Seattle time and again for uh, for business, and they go to these stores when they're out there because you just walk in and walk out. It's it's pretty convenient. You don't have, have to wait in line. I, I think you have to have the Amazon app or something like that on your you phone do. for it yeah, to work. Do. Yeah, I, I think that's what he told me. Um, people can sign up for an Amazon One account with a mobile phone and a credit card. Uh, an Amazon account isn't necessary. So see, you don't even have to be an Amazon customer. So yeah, uh, palm scanning is now here for um, for for this. That's um, it's quite interesting. Um, but see, that's going to tie into something like this, right? Do you know how they said that you're going to be led into quote secure areas? Right. Then you can make your purchases and your choices and your selections. Okay. now, what did we say? We were talking about something called Common Pass, weren't we? We were talking about Common Pass. Common Pass is what? Bruce, you got any information on Common Pass? What what do you got on Common Pass? What just in a nutshell, what do you have? Basically, um, first, let's start by let's start with who's putting it out. Um, well, I mean, World Economic Forum has their own. The uh-huh. um, UN has their own. The UK actually proposed one as well, I believe. Kobe Pass, I think, or, or mm-hmm. maybe it was the EU. Anyway, um, basically, all these what these are 
is to ensure that you have your proper vaccinations. It, it, it so proper vaccinations such as your your COVID nineteen shot um, to to make sure that um, you know you're 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 properly wearing your mask or you're you're not in violation or have any bad bad um, basically social credit scoring for flights. Right, right. And, uh, see, that's that's just for for you know make sure that you know to make sure that you're not a security risk. Of course, I mean, and you you don't want to be a risk to anybody anyone else, right? You, you don't want to you don't want to be that. The world's here. It is right here. We've been talking about this for how long now? Here it is. The world's first COVID passport technology will be trialed on flights from Heathrow, which is in London. I've been there many times. Big airport. This week in bid to let passengers travel without risk of quarantine in the future, but requires authorities to trust the lab results from abroad. So uh, this is what we've been talking about. Right. Common pass. It's what we've been talking about. Heathrow test an app uh, to let people travel the globe without quarantine risk. Uh, United Airlines and Cathay Pacific are trying out common pass software. The see, if you just do what you're see, if you just do what you're told uh, or what's required of you, it'll make your life more convenient and easy. Right. And it'll also right. make you safer. Exactly. Exactly. And and to be I mean, if you just if you just shut up and do what you're told, then we'll all get through this together. The pass works by passengers first taking a test at a certified lab before uploading it. It generates a QR code that can be scanned by the airline staff and border officials, but it will require governments to trust coronavirus tests taken in foreign labs. Isn't this what we said it was exactly going to happen? It's funny. They're, they're just now coming out and saying it, right? Isn't this what we said? We talked about this months ago. We said, hey, this is coming. We did. Here it is. It's right here. The phone software is a digital health pass, which can hold a certified COVID-19 test status to show someone has been vaccinated in the future in a way designed to satisfy various governments, different regulations. I don't have to satisfy anything to a government. Nothing. I, I don't care what governments have to say. I, I don't care what they, they tell me that I have to or I, I don't have to do. I, I'm a big kid. I can make my own decisions. As Americans, we kind of have that rebellious streak in us. We, we don't like governments at all. We're law-abiding, peaceful people, by and large. We know how to take care of ourselves. We know how to take care of our families. We know how to take care of our communities. But we don't like governments, inherently. We were born out of telling a government to go to hell. And that's what I say to this. You go to hell. It has been launched by a nonprofit trust, Commons Project Foundation, part of the World Economic Forum, in hope of it will end the days of flyers producing bits of paper, often in different languages. Bye-bye passports. The tech is very much at the trial stage, using volunteers on flights between London and New York, Hong Kong, and Singapore under government observation. But it is seen as a longer-term measure to allow air travel to return to something like pre-coronavirus levels. Why, why can't it just return? You ever ask yourself that? Why, why can't it just return? Well, because genie's out of the bottle. Oh, of This genie's out of the bottle, and it's going to, oh, yeah. you know... And then we have the risk of any other virus. See, we have to do this because it's going to make it safer for everyone. It's going to make it easier for everyone and encourage um, a one world interaction. However, as it said, or as they say, you're going to if you're a government, you're going to have to trust another country's uh, lab results in order to do this, which, of course, <laughs> we can't see any we can't see anything like that going wrong, can we? No, of course not. Oh, there was a mix up at the lab. How many times does that happen? Where's GP when I need him? How many times is there a mix up at a lab? All those test results didn't get with those test results. We didn't get that in time, but they got let on the plane anyway. Right. So, I mean, this is just yeah, it's, it's all a big mess. Governments are the most incompetent bodies known to exist on the planet today. You're going to entrust them with this kind of garbage. These people would screw up a cup of coffee. I've said that many times. Most of these people in government are so stupid and they're so inept that if they weren't politicians sitting there lying to you and I and everybody else day in and day out, they wouldn't be able to get a straight job serving coffee at a restaurant. That's how stupid these people are. And they're going to come up and they're going to manage this. I don't think so. I don't think so. To be fair, it's not necessarily the the people as well. It's it's the restrictions, requirements, um, the the red tape that's requiring people to do certain things. So yes, I agree with you. There are stupid people in government, but at the same time, government itself, the institution, is stupid. And you know, you could have the most intelligent person in there. It it doesn't matter it, because of all the red tape and everything. Um, they're limited on what they can do. I, I don't know, Bruce. I mean, get out of the way. How? I mean, is, are they limited from doing that? I, I'd like to say yes. no. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. That's inherently what government wants to do is get in the way. Get in the way. They, yeah. they want to control everything. Yeah. Dr. Bradley Perkins, chief medical officer of the Commons Project, said without the ability to trust COVID-19 tests and eventually va- vaccine records across international borders. Well, we just don't need borders, right? We get rid of borders. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I mean, that's the solution here, clearly. Many countries feel compelled to retain full travel bans and mandatory quarantines for as long as the pandemic persists. See, this is them holding us hostage. That's what this is. This is the system coming back and saying, well, if you want things to return to, how do they put it? Um, Something like pre-coronavirus levels, right? Some type of some type of normality. If you want that to happen, well, yeah, something like pre-coronavirus uh-huh. levels. That's, that's what they say. Something like. So if you want that, then, well, your countries are going to have to do this. This is what's called siege. You're put under restrictions until you accept the new way and then they release it. But they don't release it at the same time. There'll always be more. With trusted individual health data, of course, none of this can be hacked or, or obtained by anyone else or, or sold or traded or anything. No, course not. That, see, no one's talking about that. With trusted individual health data, trusted, you see it's trusted, countries can implement a more nuanced health screening requirement for entry. It comes as hopes for a UK airport testing breakthrough this week. It looks set to be dashed after ministers decided to launch another review of the issue. You damn well better. You damn well better. The aviation industry had hoped trials of new systems designed to cut travel quarantine times could be you know, soon as tomorrow. You know something? I don't think it's the aviation industry. The aviation industry are companies. They want to make money. They don't care how they do it. That's what's compelling the aviation industry to come out and endorse this. They don't care about this. They, they don't care about making their passengers have to endure wearing masks or whatever in the hell it is that they're doing that's completely unnecessary. And all these people you see being beat up and, and ostracized and humiliated on airlines for not putting a mask on a, on a 10-month-old. They don't care about that. They care about their bottom line. They want to stay in business. They want to have employees and they want to make money. This is an example of government. And I would argue it's not even government. This is an example of disgusting losers that are down in Switzerland that have absolutely positively nothing better to do with their pathetic lives than to try and rule over everyone else's. How pathetic of an individual, how sad of an individual must you be to be this sick and twisted? They're pathetic people. And we're sitting here entertaining their their ideas. Governments are tasked with carrying out these agendas. Governments don't come up with this stuff. These people own governments. They own the ideas that governments tailor. What did we talk about in our podcast on the agenda of societal change when we talked about the new system going forward, the Great Reset, under what the World Economic Forum has put forth? Governments will be tasked with carrying out these agendas. They don't come up with this stuff. They don't foster these ideas. They just carry them. That's all they do. Governments are nothing more than than puppets. So why do we have elections? Why do we vote for them? See, the little people, we the little people, if you're in the UK, you voted for Brexit. If you're in the United States, you voted for Donald Trump. What was that? That was a way of saying, get lost. Get lost, political class. Get lost, government. Get lost, big corporations. We don't want you. We're done with you. So what do we have now? Because we stood up and we said that, we can't be allowed to stand up again. And we're being told now that we have to conform because we made a decision that they didn't like. We made the choice of we can take care of ourselves. We don't want you to do that. We, we don't need that, especially the way that these psychotic pieces of garbage are trying to take humanity. I, I think it's pathetic, but it's not that difficult to see if you know where to look. Go look at the World Economic Forum. Was it uh, weforum.org? I think is the website. It's out there. All this information, everything here about this, this health passport and all this stuff. We talked about this. We talked about this months ago. This is what these people are actually putting forth. This is not our opinion. This is not uh, some conspiracy theory, though you're going to be called a conspiracy theorist. Well, right here it is. Those that stand up in the future going forward, because we didn't stand up to to this point, those of us that do stand up, we're going to be shut down. We're going to be ostracized. We're going to be called every name under the sun. They have to do whatever they think is necessary to squash the counter revolution. They have to guard against that in the meantime. They're looking to close the door before we even get it open any further. A great example of that. QAnon, right? They're they're saying QAnon is the right-leaning, you know, the far-right conspiracy organization, and Facebook is going about banning uh, banning those supporters. Um, That's how it starts, right? You go for the extremists first, and then as you get rid of those extremists, well, you move down the line. You you get the next extremists, 
and and who they consider extremists just continues to move further and further closer to the center, right? Or whatever their side is. Right. So we are we're at time actually, but we got a couple of cuts in there. So um, you want to talk? Um, do do you want to end here on uh, on QAnon? They they got banned across Facebook. Now I I don't know too much about QAnon. I I really don't know all that um all that thing uh, all that stuff. I know that I, I've heard people talk about it. I've heard the name of this organization. This started out as like a 4chan thing or something, didn't it? And it's supposed to be a group that says that there's like some deep state pedophile network or whatever, which I mean, that's not like that's that's not that's not breaking news. Right. That, that's been around for a long time. They had to change the agenda a while back because up it's, until recently it was. Yeah, go ahead. It's not. OK, so. This is this is where a bit of the fallacy comes in from um, uh, the news ma- agencies, if you will. Right. They're lumping all the QAnon people together. And it's really different stages, different subgroups of the group. So from what I understand, uh, the beginning of QAnon is kind of what we've been talking about with the um, deep state. There is basically bureaucrats in that are not elected. They're put into position and they stay there throughout different presidencies. Right. So there's people in office that have or, or you know, working in different departments that have been there through like four different presidents. Right. And they'll be there when the next president comes in. And basically the the theory is those people are really what's driving policy and they're the ones that are more or less it's a it's a shadow government if you will right that was the initial QAnon belief um true i mean that that is true that's proven we we've seen the deep state function they tried to commit a coup on uh president trump right that we, we've seen that but now what QAnon has evolved into is it's a deep state that is a sex trafficking ring pedophilia, money laundering, all, all kinds of different things, which money laundering, yes. Uh, pedophilia, probably in certain groups. I mean, you could argue Biden is a pedophile. Uh, you could argue some of the other politicians are, are, are pedophiles. By the way, that C-SPAN footage of him, you know, Biden in the photo shoots and stuff of the swearing in of the the um, the, the new politicians and stuff. Uh, uh. People have been posting that on Twitter. Not me, obviously. I mean, I'm not on Twitter, but people have been posting that on Twitter. It's C-SPAN footage, right? Which is a political network in the United States. They have, I think, three networks, uh, one, two, and three. And there was. And Twitter has been locking those people's accounts until they remove it, saying that it promotes pedophilia and we can't have that. So you need to remove this this footage before we unlock your account. This guy's running for president. Yeah. Yeah. They're admitting it. But at the same time, they're trying to hide it. So they're telling you, yeah, you're promoting pedophilia, but they're at the same time using that as an excuse to hide the material, right? To hide those videos. So the the, the QAnon agenda, it, it's it's a little uh, what it's turned into now is a little far fetched. Some of the other stuff that they believe and they've had some crazies that have gone out and done some things that claim to be QAnon or, or at least it's been claimed that they were associated with it, whether or not the person claims to be part of QAnon. It's a it's a whole debacle there. Honestly, just look at the facts and look at what we've seen and the documents and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to listen to some. The, the idea was is on 4chan, there was some dude calling himself QAnon or Q or whatever. And he's gone by different names as as Anon. Uh, and they've been an insider, if you will, claimed to be an insider and talking about all this stuff that's going on in the government. And that's how all these dumps happened. Well, uh, 4chan is like, that, that's that's a website of trolls. So you can't really take the validity of someone, w- w- what they say there. And there's been a whole offshoot of this, YouTubers, all kinds of stuff that are making money off of this. Um, but some of the princes, some of the stuff we don't disagree with because there is literal documentation, government documents that are proving some of the things to be true, like the deep state. What, whatever happened to Anonymous? Do you remember that group from about like 10 years ago? Whatever happened to them? Supposedly, they're still around. Um, it, it, it's supposed to be a, con- a conglomerate of different hackers. You know, it's, it's a group of hackers. Supposedly, they're still around. So, and I also heard a few years ago that some of them got arrested or something because like, they were doxxed and arrested or I don't know. It, so they, they're still around, but they may be calling themselves something else nowadays or, or just working alone. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, speaking of QAnon, Facebook banned them. Uh, they're they're done. They're not allowed to operate. I find it funny. They, they banned QAnon, which, like I said, I really don't know much about them other than, well, 
everything you pretty much there just described. As a matter of fact, I um, I learned a little bit myself. But I find it funny they uh, they ban QAnon, but yet they leave ISIS up on their platform. I mean, they're they're allowed to leave ISIS on Facebook. But ISIS, Mother, Muslim Brotherhood, um, yeah, all that. Uh, there's stuff. a whole group of terrorist groups that, yeah, not 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 that. Literally, these these are terrorist groups that are identified as terrorist groups. Like they're labeled by the government as terrorist groups, and they still allow them to to operate on their platforms, and not just operate, but they're recruiting. Like literally, recruiting videos are on their on their pages. A uh, a, spa- a Facebook spokesman said that uh, the enforcement, which started on Tuesday, will bring, excuse me, will bring to parity what we've been doing on other pieces of policy with regard to militarized social movements. So Antifa is still on there. ISIS is still on there. BLM is still on there. BLM still on there. Militarized social movements such as militia. They, they say that these uh, it's a policy with regard to militarized social movements such as militia and terror groups that repeatedly call for violence. Guys, it's not that hard. All you have to do is listen. Anyway. All right. Uh, clearly, we see uh, which side that uh, social media companies are taking, don't we? Anyway, we are going to have to end. We are over on time. But um, when we get on these tech talks, get it right? Yeah. Tech talks. Yeah. TED talk. Tech talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get on these things. Then um, we just go and go and go. Thank you for sitting down today, Bruce. For those of you who have not and you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your comments and your likes and your echoes and your upvotes. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via social media, you can drop us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're on just about every platform out there. Pandora, iHeartRadio in the United States. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Google Podcasts, and a multitude of others. SoundCloud was the only one we're not on. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.